to get your helmets on because it's going to get rough in here. All the way from Studio B, it's showtime for John, Ken, and Mark, the Detroit Sports Authority. Kitties, John Sarver here, of course, CKWI Radio 76. Oh, time for sports. <laughs> what a better time to change things up just a little bit from having Carrie Ann Beebe on just a few minutes ago. Oh, how thrill that was. Always good to have her on with us, but now it's time to change them gears, as they kind of say. Um, welcome to the Detroit Sports Authorities. Where we are not bought and paid for by anybody, and we do have the highest standards. What do you think, Kenny? Uh, we do have the highest standards, that's for sure. Yeah, well, yeah, we mean it, too. Not like some of the other people out there in the uh, in the broadcasting world. Yeah, it's not like we're gambling away our side. Okay, so uh, let's see now. We don't have the FCC here, but we do have the DMCA that we follow. Sometimes the language get a little bit salty. Uh, and if it does, so well. Also, that all opinions expressed on today's show is just ours and nobody else's, so don't bug us about that either. Uh, I think that's it. All right. Okay. What's not it? Holy cannoli. Sports is going on since last we met. Absolutely. All right. So once again, in this rigged world... You know, it's like, look, guys, if you don't win, everything's rigged. <laughs> My pussy hurts. All right. Well, evidently, it kind of does because how did Columbus get picked and nobody else knew? Yeah. What was that all about? Yeah, that's, that's kind of bizarre, huh? Yeah, isn't it? I mean, everybody was like going, all right, for those who don't know, the uh, NHL draft was yesterday. And somehow, someway, ESPN knew. Uh, it was actually the draft lottery. Draft lottery. Good move. Yeah, what they do is they, they go behind closed locked doors and they supposedly spin numbers in a barrel and they bring them out and they say, okay, of all the teams eligible to pick, Here's the order that the balls came out of the uh, shoot with. So we tell you. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's all, you know, super secret probation. So nobody really <laughs> can actually witness it, including the people that, that, that are there to audit it, because nobody can see it. Everybody's blindfolded. Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of, it's kind of, they sit around about three weeks earlier and they go, what major market do we need to prop up? And it's like, yeah. well, yeah. let's see. The third largest market in America is Chicago. They got nothing, and they are a crappy team, and they're going to be a crappy team forever. What should we do? Well, by rights, we should give this to Columbus because we screwed them over enough. Or maybe Detroit. We screwed them over enough. Nah, screw that noise. Let's give it to Chicago yeah. because we already gave it to L.A. and New York beforehand. Okay. 
All right. So, I mean, really, and, and this one, and just like all hockey ones, there's one big name and the rest of the little tinky names. Okay. Nothing to yeah. get excited about here, folks. Move along. Yeah. You know, the generational talent of the uh, of the year. Yeah. I mean, remember Kenny back in junior high school days? Everything was superstar. Superstar. This is a superstar. He's a superstar. They're a superstar. It's a superstar team. I mean, they threw around the word superstar like no tomorrow. I mean, it's almost generational talent now. Is every single year there's a generational talent, which yeah. by rights, by by the way the word is, can't be. Right. So is I mean, now you diluted the term generational talent because all you have to do is look at the New York Rangers with their generational talent that they got last year. How they do? You mean Alexis Foster here? Yeah. Not too hot. No, not at all. And so, but they go, oh, it's only his rookie year. He'll be okay. Yeah, he'll be okay. But what does that mean? That means okay is kind of a little bar for generational talent, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, ain't it? <laughs> he's okay. Yeah. He'll he's... be, he's fine. He'll be, I mean, it's not, it's not like he embarrasses himself when we put him on the ice, usually. Yeah, it's not like <laughs> we made it a big deal that he's going to be here. I mean, it's another Jack Quinn kind of thing. You know, I yeah. mean, it, it's like all these generational talents in hockey. Um, hmm. You know, well, you know, I'm, I'm big on talking about, you know, hype and how it proliferates everything. And it's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And you get tired of it after a while. So is, uh, is Bedard a generational talent? He might be, but... It'll take us some time to find out, won't it? Yeah, I mean, really, if uh, they don't take, you know, Jalen number one overall, oops, that's the other guys. Never mind. Yeah. That's that football yeah. thing. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, down to the point where, you know, okay, so let's move on to the NBA draft just slightly, the, the lottery, I should say. It, it's almost yeah. to the point where we don't care. Do you want a seven foot five French guy? No. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to take, you know, like a 7-foot or a 6'11", you know, shack out of somewhere else as opposed to a 7'5 French guy that evidently is beating up everybody over there. But it's still over there. Has the NBA yeah. not learned anything? You're right. They haven't. I mean, has they well, is this going in circles here, Kenny? I mean, it, it's to the point where it used to be nothing but USA players, and then for about a decade, it was everybody went overseas for the first draft, first round, and then they got burned after uh, Mark's relative. And then what happened, yeah. you know? Yeah, then they all ran around like their hair's on fire going, oh, we got to stick with the old, good old USA. Yeah, let's just go That's over to the Tarios. Yeah. Yeah. Then the lure of the uh, mystique of the foreigner took over again, and they just, oh, wow, look at this guy. He's six, he's seven foot four, and, you know, he can scratch his own testicles and. <laughs> wow. All the that stuff. And, you know, hey, you know, he's got to be good. He's got to be generational. No, he doesn't. 
I mean, he's seven foot five, but is he built like Manute Bowl or is he a big seven foot five? Have you seen him play? No. Has anybody else over here seen him play? Evidently. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. You know, we've we've seen, you know, frankly, after the NFL after the NFL draft, I would think that everybody would take a deep breath and say, you know what, maybe we're reading a lot of stuff written by people and never seen any of these guys play. True. Yeah, but I mean, anytime you know, everybody's, they... got a, everybody's got a damn opinion about something they know nothing about. Kind of like politics, you know. Welcome to it, unless you get blown out for five million. Ar, ar. You know, <laughs> however, you know, the whole thing is if you see a guy that's seven foot five and is coordinated and can play the game to a certain level. I mean, normally when you get over seven, seven, one, seven, two, you know, it's it's almost like get out the, the merry-go-round because it's just a circus act. I give you a minute ball. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. if you just plant them in the paint and just throw the ball up high to them, no one's going to block them. But they're 25 pounds at best. This guy evidently has some oomph on him, you know, but can play. But you're playing against Furners, which is not the tempo of the NBA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The problem, the problem that you have a lot of times is, you know, there's a big, tall guy. Yeah, he's really tall. And you get him out there and he's flat-footed. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Oh, he's not going to... He's not going to help you on defense. you got two choices. Either he's going to be parked under your net or under their net. You know, either yeah. he's going to swat the ball away and hope not to get a whole lot of goaltending, and or he's just going to stay under your net and you're just going to alley-oop him, and away he goes. Because he's not going to make it up and down the floor that fast. Unless he's got a really decent gant, you know, gate there that he can make it that fast. Uh, and you know, some guys are some guys are slow, and some guys are fast, and some guys are half-assed. Yeah, but what do you think about this guy, though? Well, I don't know. I've not seen him play, so I, unlike others, will defer actually taking an opinion until I actually get an opportunity to see him play. Yeah, but see, that doesn't make you a sports guy. You have to say, you know, without a doubt, you know, this guy is okay. the number one guy in your mock draft. And not only that, I put a thousand dollars down on it at the local uh, <laughs> uh, betting establishment. Uh, app, so, all right, you. Well, did you get your free one hundred fifty, whether you win or lose? That's right. That's right. Can't. It, yeah. There's no risk. Yeah. So don't you worry about a thing. Just give us your uh, bank number. And hopefully that nobody breaks into it. And, oh, my God, can you imagine? I mean, if there's somebody that you really want to make some money, bust into FanDuel, you know? Do you realize the numbers, the credit card numbers and the bank account numbers and stuff you could get? Man, that'd be the way to go, boys. So if you got a life of crime. I'm sure they've got it all buttoned down real tight, like, you know, so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, like like T-Mobile, second time in how long, yeah. boys? Yeah. You know, yeah, oh, like, yeah, or like uh, Equifax, nice going, boys. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm sure they got it all locked down there. All right, so yeah. we got that down. What is not locked down is how come, and it just 
stresses me no end to see the Tigers win. You know? You oh, guys you're going to go to the Tigers. I thought what you were going to talk about is the uh, one to Toronto Maple Leafs who have taken a minus three games uh, series lead against Florida. <laughs> a minus three game lead. I like that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's clever. That's that's uh, that's nice. I mean, are they showing a deficit? You know. Well, they're they're backing up for a running start. Yeah. Okay. Any time now. See, they're going to make it competitive. That's right. Well, you know oh, the, the handicap. Well, the funny thing is, if they get blown out, you know damn well they're just going to say, "See, we made the playoffs this year." Big. And not only that, deal. we broke our drought. We won a series. <laughs> Yeah. Time for the parade. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the one and done. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have a parade now. We're going to celebrate our series win. Yeah. But you know what? It's going to be like, like, like Allen Park. You know, well, we're on our way. You know, we got it now. All we need is a couple more pieces and we're, we're going to be in the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I want to kick everybody in the head. Who thinks the Lions are going to the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> oh, boy. You know, you, you might as well. It wouldn't hurt him. Yeah, that's true, too. Nothing up there do hurt. Might hurt your foot. Because you're hitting into the hardest, hardest part of their body. I don't know if it's because, you know, I like to um, listen to sport radio sometimes on the way home because... You know, I, I wait for the for the uh, traffic updates, especially around the Detroit metropolitan area. I live on those things. Good Lord, I hope anybody doesn't want to go out west. I mean, from Madison Heights west. Oh, my Lord. Hang on tight. Anyways, I mean, it gets to the point where you just go, ah, all right. So... Yeah, I mean, it's just that you, you hear them every single day. Oh, you know, we're Super Bowl. You know, it's like, you know, the, the quarterback off, he's, you know, he's Super Bowl. He's been in the Super Bowl already. How many touchdowns has he thrown in any playoff? One? None? You know, how many interceptions did he have in any kind of playoff or a Super Bowl? How many? Who scored all the points when they were in the Super Bowl with him? You know, it's phenomenal how much people have this delusion of grandeur. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like, look, just because you guys went eight to one, eight and one, it, and it, well, we beat Green Bay. We got Aaron Rodgers out of there. Fuck no, you didn't. He was gone way before this. You know, and you know what it really boils down to, John, is this: the people, the other. You know, the professional sports is in the business of selling hope. And they're damn good at it. Okay? So you look at they have this Yep. They have this thing they call the NFL draft. And it's it's a multi day spectacle. Yeah. And at the end of it, every everybody can point out, look, our team got better. And everybody else got better, too, because nobody is drafting away players. You don't lose players in the draft. Yeah, you just gain. Okay, you're just adding. So everybody is adding. So everybody got better. The question is, did they get more better than you or less better than you? That's kind of stupid. 
strange, but you get the idea. Yeah, I mean, either you accelerate it or not. Yeah, but I mean, it's the big, it's the big um, festival of hope. Is what it is, and after that, then reality comes crashing. That's why people were so emotionally upset by what the Lions did during the draft because they had all these expectations and hopes based on all these mock drafts and all the all the months and months and months of bullshit that was thrown out there that really had no relevance and it didn't meet their expectation. Everyone's walking around like, I mean, oh my God, what the hell happened? Well, what happened is reality. And reality was this team took a look at who was on the board and said, we don't like any of them, so we're going to take the guy that we like. Is it going to work out? Who the hell knows? True. We'll, we'll get back with you. But I'll, I'll give you an example, though. True. You know, first, you know, when, when you draft a player, you get a four-year contract with the guy. Okay? And for the first-round picks, there's a thing called a fifth-year option, which means at the end of year three, you can decide to exercise a, an option for year five. And he's guaranteed that fifth year uh, salary, and it's based on the position that he plays. It's based on different performance criteria, but you basically lock him up for the fifth year. And the idea being, while well, you're you know, you're getting this guy on a rookie contract, and there's somewhat of a discount if he is a top player. But if he's not a top player, then he's a bag of crap, and you let him go. Okay. Yeah. Well, three years ago was the 2020 draft. And it just so happens that the period for exercising that fifth-year option fell after the NFL draft. Well, why do you do that? Because, again, it's all about marketing, expectations, and hope. And nobody wants to talk about the washouts that were drafted three years ago. But... Interestingly enough, out of 32 picks in the first round of the 2020 draft, would you like to guess how many players got their fifth-year option exercised? How many? Twelve. Twelve? Twelve. Really? Out of 32. Mm-hmm. What's that tell you? They're all running backs? Tells you, tells you that 20 out of 32... Their teams didn't value them enough to exercise that option, to commit that fifth year to them. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty striking. And they said that the 2020 draft was a better draft than the 2023 draft. Which says what? So all these mock drafts of these people drooling all over these players and when it came to draft night, there were teams that were desperately looking to trade down. Which gives or you Detroit. trade out of this year. Well, that gives you Detroit, 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 Detroit. He was actually able to trade out of twelve, uh, out of six. Right. Yeah. But he wasn't able to trade out eighteen because they generally it's accepted there are like sixteen players in the first round that were actually first roundable talent. After that, there's a substantial drop off. And the one guy I was watching podcast, he's an ex NFL scout. He said, Yeah, the top 15 players went in picks one through 15. The 16th player went with the 17th pick. Well, who had number 18? 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, hype, hype, hype! We're so excited. We're so excited. No, you're not. You took the guy at 18 because that's what was. You you, you figured he was the best of the leftovers. Candy coated all you want. Yeah, he's a tough guy. He's did it. He was the best of what was left in, on your board. Yeah. Will he get a fifth-year option exercise? Well, here's the problem. You know, you talk about positional positional value. One of the ways to look at it is money. When you got a guy in the fifth-year con- uh, on on his uh, rookie contract, his base his salary is based on it based on uh, where he's taken in the draft. So if you take a punter in the first round, you're pay- he's going to be the top paid punter in the league. That doesn't work out too well. But if you take him as a quarterback, you're getting him at a substantial discount. Now, if he sucks, that all goes out the window. But if he's a pretty good quarterback, you got a pretty significant discount there at the position. Yeah. So you look at a guy like Gibbs and you say, well, if he's a hybrid, if he's actually going to take a bunch of snaps, a wide receiver, wide receiver was the number two position of value out there, okay, right behind quarterback. So you say, okay, you can see how that one works out from a money standpoint. And then you get to 18 and you take an off-the-ball linebacker. Ouch. It makes your budget hurt. Yeah, and see, and that's... Go ahead. So, I mean, will it work out? Remains to be seen, but that's why a lot of people were cringing when they saw the pick. That's the explanation. Yeah. I mean, it was... You're going to get a guy, and and you're absolutely right, Kenny, because people were saying this guy is not going to get a second contract with Detroit. You you just don't. Right. But here's the problem. How many of these other guys past pick 17 are going to get a second-year deal? One or two, maybe? Maybe. Slim. Well, what everybody does is they come back to and they go outside of the NFL and they go, well, look at Joe Dumars. He came from McNeese State and he was like, you know, really, you know, nobody knew who he was and nobody knew his college. And look what he turned out to be a world champion. Yeah, that's true. Fantastic. You know, in the NFL, it all comes back to the money because you've got a hard cap. Yeah. And you've got to allocate these, these dollars very carefully. And one of the things that's impressed me so far with Holmes is he seems to be very careful in terms of managing the money, which is why you get to look at this this, this last draft. You go, well, ouch. <laughs> ouch, oh, yeah. that didn't seem to follow the plan here. Yeah, and everybody was going, well, uh, he seemed to do a good job. Yay! You know, I mean, I've never seen so many kiss asses before in my life. You know, and especially yeah. in, in talk radio in, in Detroit land, you know, where, where the guy mm-hmm. just goes swears upside down and backward. You never rent. I mean, they make it into like a little joke. You never draft a running back with the first pick. You never, 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 never do. And they do it. And they go, well, you know, can't fault the guys for doing it. Shut the fuck up. I mean, either you, you hold to your guns and you say, look, you never do. And you don't ever get a running back in, with your first pick. And then they, like, kick back, and that just goes to show you that, you know, the Detroit sports authorities are not bought and paid for by any team. We don't have to back off 
our opinions and say, well, you know, maybe they did do a good job. I mean, we don't write for the Detroit News here. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I mean, you know, and I, I'll, I'll even give them some grace that maybe the running back pick works out because there's value with him if you line him up in the slot some of the time and you're throwing the ball to him. That you could justify that. Nope. Inside linebacker, you could have had one of these guys in the third round. Yeah, which is a lot of money. But again, the question comes back again, getting past the hype and take who then? And that's really what I think it came down to is, yeah, if not him, then who? Because why? After all the hype gets stripped away, you are out of first round talent halfway through the first round. Which is phenomenal. And all the guys with the hairspray on ESPN who have and make a lot of money hyping this crap to the average public, you know, they got to make it sound like, you know, it's so the most important draft of our lives, kind of like an election, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a generational well, draft. A generational draft, yeah. This, this is a draft that's going to determine the future of all these teams. Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And how is that supposed to work again? You know, it, yeah. it kind of doesn't. And that's kind of the amazing thing, too, isn't it? You yeah, know? but you know what? In 12 months, we're going to go through the same process. It's going to be the same damn thing again. And all these people are going to have their mock drafts. And my mock draft was fine. They just didn't take the players I thought they were going to. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay, because I'll give them a failing grade. On his picks, because why? Because he didn't take the players I thought he should. Yeah, that's that. That's valuable. And that's exactly what they were talking about too. You know, I mean that. Ooh. It's just so unique to me that they do. You know that how many grading? Uh, maybe I just wasn't looking for it this year, but how many folks came out? Because normally they come out right away with the grades. You know how they did. You know, but again, you're grading on something. You're grading on a theoretical. You're grading on a piece of paper because, you know, you're dealing with human beings. You know, this exactly. guy could be outstanding in all world, and then when it comes to showtime, he just something doesn't click. He doesn't got to get to go. You know, and yeah, how many people, how many people have expressed disappointment that they didn't draft Jalen Carter? Yeah. Yeah, well, fans are I mean, people, okay. you know. But doesn't that beg the question? What? Yeah, well, there were nine teams that passed on the guy, not just yeah. one. Yeah, but that's okay. Because Chicago's drafting ninth, and they traded out of the pick, so they they bailed on him, too. You had nine teams that bailed on him. Oh, and then tell- Philadelphia picked him up. And Philadelphia, oh, Philadelphia, it's the perfect setting for Jalen Carter now in Philadelphia because he has all these players around him now that he played with at Georgia. And he ran into trouble where again? Yeah, I was going to say even worse. So now you're back with your posse and it's like, uh, no. Yeah, they had such a big effect on him in in Georgia, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it really... Okay. You know, but then again, so if you're, 
I would put money. I hope to God that Philadelphia, we got to get the intern on this. Does Philadelphia play Chicago this year? I'm not sure mm. they do. I don't think so. I don't think so. That would be the greatest game. That would be a Thursday night game, and it would be through the roof. Only because yeah. with everything that Chicago promised Jalen, allegedly, wink, 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 you know, um, it was like, yeah, dude, you know, you slide down to nine, you know, make sure that you dog it and all that stuff, and, and we'll pick you up at nine. Don't you worry, boy. We'll make you a big, fat contract. We'll make you, okay, great, 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 great. And nine comes, and it's like, you know, it's it's kind of like those um, politicians that don't have the gut, and they mark themselves as present. They won't say yay or nay. It's just present. Uh-huh. You know, and that's what they did. I mean, you guys left the room when the guy needs you. You know, he did everything he could, allegedly, if you believe that storyline. You know, and then when it came to nine, he's all ready to go in front of the cameras and wah, wah, wah. Chicago takes a powder. Oh, uh, uh, it's time to see him? Uh, Oh, I think I got to go to the bathroom. I'll I'll be right back. You know, (laughs) and then they trade out and it's like, okay, you bitches. I mean... If you're jailing, you're thinking, oh, am I going to Atlanta? You know? Yeah. I mean, you knew he wasn't coming to Detroit. As as soon as your general manager says, well, you know, we had a good conversation. Now I got a better idea who he is. Yeah. Or I feel better now that I talked to him. Now I get the idea. And it's like that wasn't a ringing endorsement. That was like I talked to the guy and it's like, now I know who he is. We're passing. Yeah. yeah, but you, you wonder, and, though, you Kenny. Know, and again, they weren't the they weren't the only ones. True. Oh yeah. You had nine other teams that had the same opinion, but you know what? Oh, it's so terrible that we didn't take Jalen Carter because he's a generational player. There you go again. Oh, have I heard that one before? Yeah, I mean, there's generational players all over the damn place now. I mean, it's kind of like we got to stop lawyers yeah. from from advertising on TV, and we got to have. Uh, sports agents stop calling your clients generational when they're nowhere near. You know. Yeah. You know the funny thing was when Gordy Howe came out, you know, he wasn't generate. Nobody called him generational. Called him good. No. You know, and lo- and he him, was. We called him a nasty son of a bitch. Is what they called him. I mean, <laughs> did you see the classic picture of him where he's? I think he's got his shirt off, and he he's just, like, about ready to take off his skates, it looks like. I mean, this guy's a bodybuilder. I mean, he was huge. Yeah. You know? And, and for, if he would punch you, if he would get in a fight with you, that's okay, Mr. Howe. <laughs> you know? I don't think he was ever recognized for his, how big he was. You know? And yeah. If you got, like, Lindsay next to you, and Lindsay didn't know the word stop. Oh, man. You know, I mean, just look at the face. But, I mean, I like, in a way, I, I don't know who I would pick more if I had to have one of the either on my team. You know, I mean, Lindsey w- was just phenomenal. For the talent that he had and the size that he had, you know, it doesn't hurt to play with Gordy Howe. But, you know, so now, dear Detroit, Please, please, with the number nine overall, don't go to Sweden. You know, <laughs> don't. I mean, we've had enough Lindstrom clones, or trying to make a Lindstrom clone. We don't need that. We need to find. 
you you have to somewhere somehow have Stu Grimson have like a hair left on a comb, get the DNA, clone it, and let's go. You know, make one in an incubator. It won't cost you a draft pick. You know, wait 18 years. This is what Detroit needs. It needs somebody. I don't care if you can skate. I don't care if you can shoot. All I care about is when you go over the boards, it's going to look like the second coming of Slapshot. You know, it's going to look like the Hanson brothers. I mean, it's going to look like the bowling alley and you're the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, Kenny. You are correct, sir. You know, that's exactly what it's going to look like. And that's what, because they even said to a man, we don't have any enforcers. You have Sherratt, and God bless that man's doing all he can, but he's more of a Shanahan. You know, he can hold yeah. his own, but he, it'd be nice if we had, you know, somebody that would come over the the uh, board and you start to quake. You start getting your good guys off the ice, you know. Oh, Kerb, I mean, if we have all these super shooters and all that stuff, you know, we can take two-minute penalties, but it's easy. When Detroit comes to, to your town, you know, you can take their lunch money all day long. Big de- and the goddamn stupid idea that Detroit's had forever, you know, and it's almost down to a Bowman thing, but Bowman had some crushers on his team. You know, it's like, that's okay. Rope them in. Let them hit you in the head. They take the two-minute penalty, and we'll score. No, we don't have a power play that does well like that. Just let's get the guy that smacks them back in the head. Old-time hockey. Aggressive hockey is back in town. Well, oh, wait, we that? heard that one before, didn't we? Yeah, it didn't work out too well. Yeah, when was that? When, when was that slogan? That was when Ted Lindsay was running the team. Back in the uh, back in the early 80s, I think it was. Wow. The 70s, actually. Yeah. Aggressive hockey is back in town. Yeah. Is that when they had Brad that Park? Was the Dennis Polanich. And I always liked Dennis Polanich's picture because his nose went sideways. <laughs> Yike! I'm just thinking of some of those teams, man, with the darkness with Harkness and and Brad Park when they got him in, and then they elevated him, yeah. and ooh, ooh, yeah. you know that was yeah. you had a whole generation of Red Wings not relevant. Yeah, you know, but your parents loved them, so somehow, some way, you loved them because they were kind of like, you know, a traditional thing for a Detroiter, like drinking Verners, you know. You might not have liked it. Your parents did, so you kind of eased into that. Um, and, and the Red, and then once the Red Wings started going, there you go. So thank you, Mr. Illich, for giving away a car. Can you imagine that, Ken? They he they had to give away a car every game just to get people down there. Yeah. Think of all yeah. those K cars that bounced out of that place. Yeah, it took a while before this team actually got back into the good graces of the fans again. They were uh, the redheaded stepchild for a long time. Well, I give you Dove Alano. Without Jimmy Dove Alano, yeah. man, uh, say you're still in darkness. A lot. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I mean, here's your two things. Dove Alano and Bowman. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. Trader Jack and, and Dad. 
you know, over at um, on the Piston side. You know, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Daddy Warbucks, you know, I mean, Chuck Daly could coach, no doubt. But with Trader Jack McCloskey with him, they made a hell of a tandem that could identify talent and utilize talent. And that's what Devilano did, and Bowman just took the step up. And it was also good that you didn't have, a, you know, you had an unlimited checkbook that you could get whoever you wanted to at the time. Yeah, sure. You know? And, you know, when you take a look back at that period and you say, okay, because you had, before you brought, brought Bowman and you had uh, Brian Murray here running the team. Thanks, and Murray was a guy who, who could collect talent and he could coach the talent during the regular season. Yeah, that's about as far and as he had some very successful regular seasons, and then you get into the playoffs, and they turn Maple Leaf on you. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's almost down to you know who was more um, pivotal. Was it Devilano or Jacques Demare? Because really, Jacques Demare came in and gave everybody hope. You know, for a couple mm-hmm. of years at least. You know. Yeah. And then his uh, then his goaltender turned on him, and he brought him back in. I mean, when he brought when he brought Stefan back in, put yeah. him in goal, I says he lost the team. He's done. Yeah, it took about a year, but that was it. It was a it was a weird gelling team at that time. I mean, that was with the Goose Looney episode and the whole yeah. nine yards. Yep. You know. Yeah. Okay, but I mean that was the stepping stone and go and boy did this town just go crazy for Jacques Demare, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, still did. When he came back, man, people was like standing ovation, tip of the hats. hmm You know, because he really, I mean, nobody really sees the front office and all that stuff, but, you know, Jacques brought back some, brought back the excitement, and then Bowman kicked it. Yep. Yep. But and then you again, know, Bowman, Bowman, Bowman's a one of a kind. Yep, you'll okay. never get another. I'll never get another Scotty Bowman. Nope. But uh, uh, he came in and he looked at uh, what he looked at what the team had, and he understood one thing: without a solid veteran goaltender, we won't get there. We keep farting around with guys like uh, Tim Shovelday oh, and God. Bill Essens now, and he says that's not going to do it. So the first thing he did when he got control of the roster is he traded Steve Chase on to Calgary for Mike uh, Mike Vernon. Greatest trade ever. You bet it was. And that was uh that was the turning point. That's when they actually were able to get over the hump and uh win the cup. Yeah. Yeah, but then again, I mean, who is as you say that, there was that one piece that had to give him over the hump. You could say Vernon. You could say Shanahan. You could say mm-hmm. Hull. You know, either one of those guys, any one of those three, because you could easily make the the case for they they won because these guys came in, because either one of these guys. I mean, Shanahan was just, you know, outstanding. Hull was just a great teammate that could shoot like no tomorrow. Uh, Vernon... You know, obviously, you want to, you know, fight another goaltender? Come on. You'll never buy another dinner in this town again. You'll always have a free beer in Detroit. But just think back to the year before when Bill Essenza was supposed to be your goaltender. 
he brought him in kind of a bargain acquisition and he had a five hole the size of a bus <laughs> okay and he was letting everything in and finally they pulled him out and they put the rookie in uh chris osgood and osgood played valiantly but uh he wasn't ready i mean he just wasn't quite there and uh off they go you know san jose takes him out and uh Murray gets shown the door, and Scotty says, okay, let's get to work. <laughs> you know, I mean, Kenny, which one would you rather have? I mean, Vernon, I mean, long-term Vernon, Osgood? Vernon was older, okay, and Vernon didn't have too many years left after that. So long-term, probably Osgood, but again, Osgood was not, wasn't seasoned enough, I wouldn't think. That's how I'd put it. So, <clears throat> at that point, you really needed the veteran. And after Vernon, you know, after they won the Cup with Vernon, Vernon went off to make, to make get his bag of money. And, you know, Osgood at that point took over and everything was fine. Yeah, until you get had uh, Cujo. And then until you had, I mean... All these guys that they brought in, and it was like, oh. And how about that other goaltender with that funny last name from across the pond that was good for yeah. Detroit for a, very, for a long time? And then, you know, he comes back, and Cujo's here, and Cujo goes, oh, wait a minute, aren't I the guy? And, and oh, what a mess that was. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and then you get uh, Mr. Lewis as your coach, do you hear the bombs falling? Boom. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you can coach right after Scott Bowman. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, it's anybody that, that was broadcasting after Ernie Harwell left. You know, you just yeah. are going to get chewed up and spit out. It's the guy after the guy that he gets, you know. Go figure. All right, so that's that's the fine Red Wings. You're drafting ninth. Nobody really expected you know, when 8.30 came and went, and Detroit, we didn't see anything come across the news wires for Detroit. We go, all right, what? <laughs> how close to number 11 did we get? But, you know, we, the good thing is you can't say, well, we, you know, we got hosed. We got, went in exactly where we thought we were going to go. And everybody yeah, went they didn't, they didn't drop to 11 because two teams behind them jumped them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, right. is what it's been like lately. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand the stuff of Detroit, you know, getting hosed here. I really wish that the Iser plan would stand up and say, look, we've been hosed for way too flipping long here. You know, I mean, we're the 12th largest market. Let's go. You know, it's it's too bad. I mean, Kenny, do you think that, that Columbus should have an NHL team? I mean, is it big Borderline. enough? Yeah. I mean, it's almost the Green Bay of the NHL. It's like, why are you guys there? Cleveland's bigger. Cincinnati's bigger. You know, Cleveland, they flirted with the NHL for, like, a coffee stop. Okay. You know, the Barons. And and then uh, Cincinnati never had an NHL team. You know, but Toledo is holding its own. I mean, with minor mm-hmm. league hockey, those people go crazy. 
You know, sure. so you you got a natural rivalry. You're not in the middle of the state. I mean, I understand the reason why they did it is because you'll always have an influx of college kids there, and when's college in the fall, in the winter? So you'll and always. Not only have that, but they had, had a wildly successful run with the uh, Columbus Chill, the minor league team. But you had a guy there that was marketing the team to the college kids and did a tremendous job. And I'm not sure that that's necessarily carried over now. Well, here's the story. As you well know, economics better than most people ever there, Ken Pocket, is that it's like I have a minor league team. Great. Now I have NHL ticket prices. All right. I'm still a college kid. How am I going to pay yeah. for a last place, second to last place team, you know, for $125 a ticket per ticket per game? Mm-hmm. Um, no. Maybe they should have followed the Phoenix model. Okay. Where you put the team onto the uh, onto the college campus, a 5,000-seat <laughs> arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll have a sellout every night, and if you don't, oh my God, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you don't, it's a long way down from here. <laughs> you think? I mean, Kenny, have you ever flew out of Bishop International over by Flint? No, I haven't. Okay, it's it's one of the best. If you can fly out of anywhere, I mean, I I try to fly out of Bishop because it's the parking lot, the terminal. The gate, period. Not uh-huh. like the craziness down at Detroit, you know, where it's like the parking lot and then the parking lot, then the parking structure, and then somewhere. I mean, this place doesn't even have a parking structure. It just has a parking lot. Okay, great. Easy to get in, easy checkouts, easy back on the road. There you is. You know, but, I mean, for a 5,000-seat arena, Think about how many cars are going to be there. You'll be have ingress and outgress within 30 minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it's going to take you to get rid of everybody out of Macomb Mall than it would be to get everybody out of a 5,000-seat th- arena. Holy yeah. crap. I'm going to say, though, the Bishop Airport sounds an awful lot like Midway in Chicago. Yes. I spent a week yes. there one afternoon. Oh, did you know? Oh, it's horrible. What are you doing at Midway? Well, I had uh, actually a flight coming out of O'Hare, and it got canceled. It was I was sent over to Midway then, because the only other flight uh, heading back was out of Midway. Really? Yeah, that was a number of years ago, but it was terrible. What kind There's of nothing there? What kind of screwed up thing is that? Yeah, that was bad. I had another one. I mean, one time I, I flew Evil Spirit Airlines on a <laughs> you know long trip to Dallas and back. And on the on the trip back, it's supposed you know same day flight, right? Well, actually, yeah. it was the night before. Get a room, you're there the day, and then you fly back the following evening. Well, they couldn't find a crew for the plane. Couldn't find the crew. <laughs> and I spent like eight hours at uh, the airport in uh, in Dallas. Oh my. God, I says I'll never. I don't care how much cheaper the ticket is. I'm never doing this again. I mean, were you at Dulles? Where were you at? Oh, the hell! I don't remember. It's okay. been a few years now, but 
It's the, yeah, the big one, whichever one that is. Okay, yeah. But it was god-awful. I mean, what? you get to the point where you just, like, I, I'm tired. It's been a long day. I just want to get the hell out of here. And yeah. you keep looking at the board, and there's nothing. It's like, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, that air travel has not got any better. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it's weirder now when it's better to rent a car and drive as opposed to get there and just, you know, you can get to, to Tampa from Detroit in about an hour and a half, you know, maybe two uh, hours to the direct. It takes like 21 in a car, but it's almost easier to just drive it. Yeah. Yeah, but now it's it's yeah. a point where you, you don't do the 21-hour drives anymore with a lot of uh, Mountain Dew and uh, a couple of Twizzlers and just try to make it to Atlanta before 4.30. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, I think we're going to stop at Akron and spend the night. Jesus, you just left Detroit. You know? Yeah. I mean, so that, that, that macho kind of thing. Uh, give me the give me the wheel, you little lady. I'll show you how we can drive. You know, I drive yeah. nonstop to Fort Myers. You know, as soon as I get to Fort Myers, I pass out for two days. But it's like, okay. You know, I mean, do you ever have to drive long distance like that, Ken? It's been a, it's been a couple of years now, but uh, yeah, it's not fun. But what did you use for your driving snacks? Oh, because I know that I would I would garbage up on Mountain Dew and Red Twizzlers, and um, uh, the those rolled gold um, uh, pretzels, you know, that look like cigar kind of things. And they would be in the pocket next to me, all you know. So I'd be just like sugar wired by the time I got down there. Yeah, I was drinking a lot of Coke. Yeah, Coke and a bunch yeah, of coffees until Coke. you start swerving off the road. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, every once in a while, I pull pull into a place and take a break and shut my eyes for a few minutes. What you didn't have to do the family yeah. plan. Were you t- took everybody in the minivan and away you went? No, that's uh, that's fine when you're thirty. But now you <laughs> and now that you're forty, yeah, I just can't make that drive that's anymore. You know? Yeah, I know it, it amazes me when you talk to the guys and you, they tell me now where they plan their, you know, where they plan to pull over and sleep for the night. It's like sleep for the night. When did this happen, you sissies? Give me that wheel and. Yeah, you're right. You, know, you start going, yeah. I don't think I can make Tennessee at night. And it's and that whole thing, well, we should leave at 3 in the morning because then you'll be driving into the sun, and the sun will come up, and it'll be so much nicer. But, yeah, it's you're still driving 3, 4, 5 o'clock, and then you're at rush hour in Macon, Georgia. Yeah. All right, so now we have so much for the Pistons, so much for our esteemed baseball team. Lose, you bitches. Why are you winning? Uh, well, they're a very streaky team this year, aren't they? Yeah, but so is underwear. You win, you win a, yeah, absolutely. Oh boy, and they uh, <laughs> they win a few games, then you lose a bunch, and then you win a few, and everybody gets excited. Oh, look, they're two games below five hundred. Wee! Well, just wait a week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but look, they're in second place in the worst division in baseball. Wee! Yeah. You know, yeah. you're two games below 500. And you're in second place. What does that tell you? 
Yeah. And, you know, just wait a week. Yep. They'll come around again. Yeah, but who do they play after? I mean, they're... It's all a bunch of Green Bays in our division. Are you worried yeah. of anybody? You worried about Cleveland or Minnesota? No, not really. Not at all. Now, the only team I'm worried about is us. Because? Because you know, you're, well, you're looking at it going, God help me, I hope you don't get to a position where you think you have hope. <laughs> you get to the trade deadline and you start getting these fantasies about, well, you know, I know that Edgardo can opt out, but maybe we could, no, no, no. But, you know, maybe if uh, Baez continues to hit, maybe he won't opt out. No. No, no, no. no. <laughs> All right, so if, if Erod opts out, and your shortstop opts out. A Detroit move would be offer a three-year extension to Cabrera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you, know, you look at you look at this lineup though, and you know the, the other night they had Cabrera and Scope hitting back to back. I looked at that and I said, "You're just." kind of making sure you don't get any rallies going in that part of the lineup, right? You're just ensuring yourself against scoring any runs there. Yeah. You know, you got three guys there. You got Cabrera, Scope, and Matan that are just I, I don't know why you play them. Yeah. And you know, you you look at you look at what you're getting from your core players of your rebuild, right? You, you know, you, you're Spencer Torkelson in, in particular. And what are you getting out of this guy? Well, you know, he does hit a nice grounder up the middle. Yeah, he's below average OPS, league average. Yeah. You know. Yeah, below average power, below average on base, below, below, below. Yeah. Because he blows. But, you know, you think about it, Kenny. He was the best bet in college, in all of college. Uh Uh-huh. What the hell did the trans... Did you not spend... Did he not spend a lot of time in the minors? But then again, who's your hitting coach in in any part of the Detroit franchise from from today on up? Who do you think is going to do better for him? Legendary Lord. You asked the question, what the hell did you do to him? Yeah, right. Uh, trade now. I mean, seriously, trade now. Because you know that Eduardo is Erod's going to gone. He's he's gone. You know what they'll do yeah. is they'll they'll somewhere in July, and you better do it in July because if you do it at the bottom part of August to a contender, they're going to go. Well, we know it's a one month rental, so we're not going to really give you much. You know, but if you well, get... the trade deadline is end of July, and they don't have the August trade period anymore. They got rid of that. Really? So you really okay. have to do them by the end of July, yeah. All right, so July makes sense to us. But you know damn well, you, you, you want to call it right here? Okay, so it's 7.56, uh, May 9th, 2023. You want to call yeah. that they, they trade Erod for some magic beans. You know, yeah. three prospects in the Cub system, number 126, <laughs> number 149, and 203. Yeah. And two of them are coming off of Tommy John. 
Okay. No, I mean, you want to go for that? You want to go? Okay, let's, so let's do that. That's my prediction. What about you? They're going to trade Erod for what? They're going to trade him for the next Babe Ruth. The generational talent. Really? Hey, I'm into the hype. I mean, you really think they're going to leverage the gentleman from the Angels? They're going to they're going to trade for a generational talent. <sighs> yeah, and and he's fifteen. And he's, you will hear those words. All right, so they're going to trade for the guy, and he's from Guatemala, and he's fourteen years old right now, and he Correct. can't get a visa, and he doesn't hit before July. Okay. Yeah, and he doesn't even have facial hair yet, but you know no, what? He yeah. can't miss. Yeah, and, and he's only sixty-one pounds right now, and he's six foot three. But that's okay; he'll grow into his body. Exactly. Okay, but he he can control the strike zone. That's right. <laughs> the that's hell does the that mean? Man? You got to control the strike zone. What does that mean? I mean, isn't that doesn't mean anything? No, I mean, it's just like a weird slogan. It's like April and the D. I mean, it's like control the strike zone. Well, duh. You know, it's like you should throw the baseball fast if you're a pitcher. Uh, Really? Okay. I mean, who doesn't? Let me try that. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) obviously, thank God we got this guy from San Francisco. He's got to be the smartest man in the room. You know, control yeah. the strike zone. God, how did we not see that? That's amazing to me. Because we had Al Avila running the team, that's how. <laughs> he said control uh, way outside, you know. Control yeah, but, you know, the it's knees. It's so much better now because the guy that had hired Al Avila and kept him in the job for all these years, now he hired this guy. <laughs> so it's all better now. Yeah, and look what he did on the off season for your bullpen. But that's a different. That's another day, you know. We'll cover that next week. Yeah, you got five cents. You can get twelve pitchers that haven't been out of the beer league since nineteen eighty three. But yeah, you know, maybe you change the scenery, do them good. All right, talking about doing good. What did we not talk about? One whole minute, good man. Oh boy, what we didn't talk about is the Zach attack. Okay. The Zach attack, yeah, the uh, the Zach McKinstry and the Zach Short uh, attack that the Tigers have lined up because I know how much of a fan of Zach Short you've been. I am. That's and, absolutely uh, true. Man, he's, he's figured out how to hit all of a sudden. It's only a small sample size, but what the hell, we'll take it. If he could hit, he's, I mean, give that boy a contract now, quick, because he can yeah. field like yeah. no tomorrow, man. You know, I don't. Yeah, sure can. He, he, he can field at multiple positions too. They played him at third base the other day. He's a good shortstop. So, you know, here's hoping, right? If he can hit, God bless. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And they picked up, and they picked up McKinstry off the scrap heap from Chicago. So, uh, hey, you know, it's something to watch, right? If you have to watch them. Yeah, I mean, it's a cute human interest story if Zach Short makes it. You know. Yeah. I mean, as much as you don't want to send the kid down because he literally is your best fielder. You know, there's nobody on the team that can field as good as him, including Mr. Multi-Million Dollar. Oops, did that one just go past me? Oops, did that one just go past me? You know? Okay. Cool. 
The, you know, God bless. What's he hitting now, anyways? I didn't see. Well, he's hitting better now. So, I mean, he's picked up the banning. It's like 280, I think, or something like that. Zach Short's so, hitting 280? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's your new leadoff. Yeah. He's doing well. They got McKinstry playing some leadoff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, it's the Zach attack between the two of them. I'll take it. That's wonderful news, man. That, that really that's yeah. quite the bright spot in a team where your DH is hitting eighth. Yeah, and he's hitting about a buck twenty. Actually, you look at Cabrera's batting average is about two hundred. Scope is a little bit less than that. Matan is substantially less than that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, why don't you just like get McCain back, McCann back, you know? McCann. Uh-huh. I mean, see what he's doing lately. It's like, you know what it reminds me of is when um, uh, when you had the... I'm trying to think like a decade ago when your, your six, seven, eight hitters were guaranteed outs. You know? Yeah. And when your former GM's kid was playing, you know, he, he did well for one year as a catcher and then Every time he could get his head rung by like a bat, he did. But then, you know, when he was hitting like sixth, I can't remember who was seventh and eighth, but they were like, here's the ins and outs. If you didn't score, you know, with one through five, you weren't going to go anywhere. These guys are rally killers. And now. That would have been Brandon Inge and Craig Monroe. (laughs) Yeah, Craig Monroe. Honest yeah. to God. And it's like, you know, you, you blew as a tiger. You really were. And it's like, should we go back to the reason why you got blown out? You know, I mean, yeah. steal anything lately? You know, okay. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that should tell you right away. And then last year he was trying to do the Don Cherry thing with the crazy outfits and stuff. Uh-uh. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was so hulky. You were trying so desperately. I mean, you were kind of like a Bernie's blooper. You know, nobody cared. It was, everybody saw it was so stupid. All right, but what isn't stupid is us. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so. Thank you. So, uh, you can pick up, you know, if uh, anywhere you have your fine podcast, you can pick up the Detroit Sports Authorities. Absolutely free and guaranteed fresh. <laughs> How about that, eh? Wonderful. <laughs> Whether that be on podcasts or iHeart or anywhere, that's where you'll find us. And you'll also find us here next week because uh, we have a special edition next week of Crappy Bullpens. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> so for the Super <laughs> CPA, Ken Pocket, myself, John Cyber, thank you very, very much for being with the Detroit. Sports authorities. Ready, Kenny? Yep. All right. Two, bye. three, bye. <laughs> See you again. All right. Night.